And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. It's always good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park in Miami, the Marlins opened up a homestand with three against the Cubbies this weekend. Jesus Lazardo went opposite of the right-hander, the youngster Albert Alzolai. And with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Back at Lone Depot Park where the Marlins outlast the Cubs 14-10. 24 runs on 30 hits in 4 hours, 14 minutes. The longest 9-inning game in Marlins franchise history. There were a total of 401 pitches thrown by 7 Cubs pitchers and only 4 Marlins pitchers as Miami rides an 11-run second inning to the victory tonight, matching the biggest inning in franchise history, matching the highest run output in a game this season. Uh, great night offensively, kind of a shaky night on the mound, but the Marlins get it done. They beat the Cubs 14-10. to It ended better than it began with Jesus Luzardo starting the game for the Marlins. His third start with Miami, his second here at home. In inning number one, a leadoff walk to Matt Duffy, and with one out, David Bodie gave the Cubs an early lead. Cubs took game three, the Sunday afternoon game, two to nothing. Bodie gets a hold of one, deep to left field, way back Alfaro, and it's a two-run home run for David Bodie to stake the Cubs to a first-inning lead. But the Marlins came right back against Adbert Alzulai in the bottom of the first inning. Miguel Rojas led off with a single. He took second on an Isan Diaz ground ball, was balked to third, so with one out, Miggy 90 feet away, and the league RBI leader, Jesus Aguilar, was the batter. Now the 3-2 coming out to Aguilar, and Jesus grounds him to third behind the bag. It's fielded near the line by Duffy. Long throw to first. Aguilar's out, but in from third, Miguel Rojas, and the Marlins are on the scoreboard. It's 2-1 now in the bottom of the first. But the Cubs would answer in their half of the second, a second straight inning beginning with a walk allowed by Luzardo, who threw 27 pitches in the first inning, got off to a shaky start in the second. He walked Ian Happ, man on for Trineshwi Fargus. On 1-0, fly ball well hit deep down the right field line. De La Cruz in pursuit, and that one is off the wall for Fargus, headed toward third base half. He's going to be waved to the plate as De La Cruz has a tough time picking it up. The throw's into third where Fargus is in with a slide, and it's 3-1 Cubs in inning number two. And a man at third, still nobody out for the number eight hitter, shortstop Sergio Alcantara. 2-2 to Alcantara is in the air right center field again De La Cruz on his horse long way to go and he reaches for it made the catch on the warning track nice play De La Cruz but tagging Fargus he'll score in a sack fly to make it four to one at that point it was a 4-1 Cubs lead there was one out nobody on base the pitcher Adbert Alzali ripped a double just his second big league hit in 35 at bats his first ever extra base hit after Matt Duffy had a fly ball to center Frank Schwindel walked, and David Bodie singled, loading the bases. If anybody other than the pitcher were running, they probably would have tried to score him on the base hit to left by Bodie. But with two outs, they decided to hold Alzali, and the Cubs wouldn't score again because Patrick Wisdom struck out, leaving the bases loaded and keeping it a 4-1 Cubs lead after an inning and a half. That lead would not last for long. In the bottom of the second, the Marlins erupted, matching the biggest inning in club history. Brian Anderson led off with a single to right. Jorge Alfaro, an infield hit, put men at first and second. Nobody out. Alex Jackson drew a walk. 
So the bases were loaded for the rookie right fielder, Brian De La Cruz. Bases loaded, nobody out. Payoff pitch. A swing and a drive. Will hit. Deep left field. Way back. It is a grand slam home run. De La Cruz got the slider, and he launched it into the Marlins' bullpen to turn this game around. It's 5-4 Miami. De La Cruz had his second three-hit game tonight. He's been absolutely on fire, and he, with one big cut, gave the Marlins the lead for the first time in the ballgame. They were far from done in that second inning. Luzardo, the pitcher, bounced to second, but then Miguel Rojas singled. Isan Diaz singled. Mickey in motion. He went to third base, so men at the corners with one out. Diaz stole second. Jesus Aguilar worked a walk to load the bases, and the Marlins up by a run already. Had their hottest hitter coming up, Lewis Brinson. One pitch to Brinson. A swing and a line drive. Laced out to left center field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Rojas scores. Right on his heels, Diaz. He's coming to the plate. The throw's into third where Aguilar slides in safely. A two-run double for the scorching hot Lewis Brinson. It's a six-run second inning. And the Marlins go up 7-4. to four. Well, Brian Anderson then hit by a pitch. A pass ball would bring home another run with the bases loaded after uh, Anderson was hit. Jorge Alfaro was hit by a pitch, forcing in a run. And at that point, the Marlins were in command of this ball game, but they weren't through in their big second inning. The next man up, the catcher, Alex Jackson. Again, the payoff pitch, and Jackson smokes one. Deep left center field, Fargus back, looking up at the wall, and that ball is gone into Alternation Alley. A three-run homer, and the Marlins have matched the biggest inning in franchise history. They've scored 11 times here in the second, and they lead the Cubs 12-4. Brian De La Cruz would follow with a single. Uh, Rex Brothers then would come on in relief. He struck out the pitcher Luzardo for the second. At that point, Luzardo made both outs in the inning, and finally... Miguel Rojas would ground to third, ending the inning. But the Marlins sent 15 men to the plate in the second. They scored 11 runs on eight hits, including two homers, a grand slam by De La Cruz, a three-run shot off the bat of Alex Jackson. The 11-run inning matches the biggest inning in Marlins history. They had an 11-run fifth inning in Milwaukee on June 4, 2019. They score 11 in the second tonight, and they were in command at that point, leading 12-4. to Now... Luzardo would settle in a little bit after throwing 27 pitches in the first and 33 in the second. He made it through the third inning despite a hit and a hit by pitch. He was at 77 pitches through three, but still in the ball game. In the Marlins' half of the third, they would add to their lead. Isan Diaz led off with a walk. Man at first, nobody out for Jesus Aguilar. 3-2 to Aguilar, driven to left and deep. It is a no-doubter at the wall. Goodbye, home run, Jesus Aguilar. A two-run shot to make it 14-4. to Aguilar with his 21st long ball of the season. Three RBIs tonight, giving him a league-leading 82 on the air. It's his 26th multiple RBI game to lead all of Major League Baseball in that department. And the Marlins led 14-4 to at the end of three. It was just a seven-pitch fourth inning for Jesus Luzardo. A 1-2-3 inning against the top of the order. So he got a chance to make it through the fifth and qualify for the win. He struck out the first man, Patrick Wisdom. Robinson Chirinos then hit a home run. That made it 14-5. Ian Happ worked a walk. He'd be erased on a Janeshwi Fargus fielder's choice. Eventually, Sergio Alcantara would ground it short, ending the inning. So Luzardo made it through five tonight. 
with a 14-5 lead. That would be the end of the line for him. Five innings, six hits, five runs, all earned. Walked four, struck out six, allowed two homers, hit a batter through wild pitch. For Luzardo, 106 pitches, 60 strikes. Second most pitches any Marlins starter has thrown in a game this year. Santa Contra had a 108 pitch outing over eight in the third in St. Louis back in June. So Luzardo got it into the sixth inning at 14 to 5. Sean Morimondo pitched a scoreless sixth despite allowing a couple of hits. Pitched a scoreless seventh despite allowing a couple of hits. But in the eighth inning, the Cubs would get things going again. A leadoff single by Matt Duffy. Frank Schwindel followed with a two run home run. That made it at that point a 14 to 7 game. Mormondo got Rafael Ortega on a fly ball to center. He then got Patrick Wisdom on a fly ball to center. Robinson Chirinos came into the play with two outs, nobody on the eighth inning. His team trailing 14-7. to He had single, doubled, and homered, and he lined the ball into the right field corner. He had a shot. The slow-footed catcher had a chance at a cycle, but he turned at second with his team down by seven and two outs in the eighth and slammed on the brakes. He didn't go for it. He was content with a double, his third hit of the night. Actually, his fourth hit of the night, his third extra base hit. That would be it at that point for Mormondo. David Hess came on. Ian Happ followed with a two-run home run. That made it a 14-9 game. Hess then allowed back-to-back hits to Fargus and Alcantara, but eventually he would get out of the inning, striking out Andrew Romine, and it was 14-9 going to the ninth. Anthony Bender came on to try to lock it down. He struck out Matt Duffy, leading things off. Frank Schwindel followed with a double for Schwindel, a single, a double, and a home run tonight. He was on base four times with a walk as well. When Ortega singled, Schwindel came around to score. That made it a 14-10 to 10 game, and all of a sudden, you started to wonder just a little bit if maybe the Cubs had some magic tonight, but Bender took care of that. He caught Patrick Wisdom looking at a slider, and he got Robinson Torinos swinging at a slider. That's how this one ends. Marlins 14 and the Cubs 10. For Miami, 14 runs on a dozen hits. Marlins made an error and left six on. For the Cubs, 10 runs on 18 hits. First time since 2006 they've had as many as 18 hits in the game they've lost. They did not make an error, left 13 on base. Jesus Luzardo, the winner, he's 4-5 and five overall, 2-1 and one with Miami through three starts. Adbert Alzolai takes the loss for the Cubs. He's 4-13. and 13. Time of the ballgame was 4 hours, 14 minutes, making it the longest nine-inning game in Marlins franchise history. The Marlins' 14 runs tonight match their season best. They scored 14 in a 14-8 win in Atlanta on April 13th. And again, the bulk of the damage came in the second inning when they sent 15 to the plate, scored 11 runs on eight hits, two homers. The 11-run inning equaling the largest ever by the Marlins. They had an 11-run fifth June 4th, 2019 in Milwaukee, an 11-run second here against the Cubs tonight. Most of the offense came early for the Marlins in this ballgame. They had only two hits after the third inning, but they scored 14 runs in the game. Miguel Rojas, two hits. Two runs scored for the Marlins. Isan Diaz had a single, a walk, a stolen base. Two runs scored. Jesus Aguilar had a hit, a walk, drove in three, scored two. Lewis Brinson finished one for three, a double, two RBIs, a walk, and run scored. He stays hot. Brian Anderson had a hit. He was hit by a pitch, scored twice. Jorge Alfaro had two hits, was hit by a pitch, knocked in a run, and scored a pair. Alex Jackson, a three-run home run, two walks, three RBIs, two runs scored. Brian De La Cruz, his second three-hit game, two singles, a homer, three RBIs. And the Marlins, 12 hits in all, 14 runs in all, a 14-10 win tonight over the Cubs. They won three out of four from the Cubs now to begin the season series with two games remaining, 6-10 tomorrow night and 1-10 here in Miami 
on Sunday. Marlins pitchers fanned four tonight at $25 per strike, and that means $100 to AutoNation's Drive Think Initiative. The season totals to date now through 116 games, 974 strikeouts, meaning $24,350 already pledged to AutoNation's Drive Pink initiative. Now, 24 runs, 30 hits. All that matters is that the Marlins collected a victory. They now improve to 49 and 67. Cubs fall back to 52 and 66. Let's hear from the skipper, Don Mattingly, who returned back to the ball club last night. Donnie, just uh, the 11 run inning. Uh, what impressed you most, I guess, with the club and their at bats? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot to unfold here with everything that happened. Uh, obviously, I thought it kind of started with De La Cruz's home run. You know, obviously, we get down early. Uh, I think we're down 4 1 there, and that kind of jumps it. And then the guys just kept going. You know, from there, you know, we get a big one from Alex, Aggie, uh, Lou continues on, uh, Jorge continues on, swinging the bat good, Nicky's hot still. Uh, obviously, the offense really was kind of on point all night long, uh, really from the very beginning. Even the first run we get, uh, when they get two, gets us right back in the game, gets momentum back on our side, uh, at least for a, a, a minute there. But uh, the offense kind of all day long just kind of relentless. Jordan? Yeah, hey, Donnie, you mentioned uh, meeting Alex Jackson for the first time. Obviously, you've only seen Del Cruz in a game live once. Uh, thoughts on the kids now that you're getting a chance to see him in person. Del Cruz specifically with a couple of plays defensively as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I feel like I know these guys a lot better than I, you know, just by seeing them short time because I've watched so many, you know, I feel like I've watched them play now all of a sudden, you know, eight, ten games. So, you know, De La Cruz, his at-bats are, are impressive. Um, his defense seems to be solid in everything he does. He had that one little, uh, you know, misstep maybe on the over in the ball down the right for nine. Um, but his defense seems to be, you know, right on with his, with his kind of routes and, and what he's able to do out there. Uh, and Alex just seen him for the first time, you know, I don't realize how physical he is uh, when you watch on TV. It's a lot, you know, ball, that ball he hits out to, to left center. Ball's really high. You don't see any of those go out here. That ball's kind of keeps going. And then on the pitching side, of what were your thoughts on Lazardo? And then with Morimondo, how much were you trying to get out of him when you had him as first guy out of the bullpen? Yeah, I'm trying to get through the game. Uh, quite honestly, um, with, with with Sean. And it looked like he just got flat that last inning and didn't want to let it get going. And it obviously kept going. Um, so, you know, I, I was trying to, to finish that with him. Uh, Jesus is, you know, to me, very interesting because his stuff is so good. And really, I think probably my thoughts for him are just keep getting better. Right, just keep improving. Uh, I want to get him here, get him out there every you know, fifth, sixth day, however, however that works out, and just allow him to pitch and improve, pitch and improve, and just kind of continue to work through the end of the season and then be able to take that into the off season. So, um, you know, the, so it's the first time, obviously, I've seen him pitch. Um, his stuff, obviously, is good. and just want to kind of get him on a route that, you know, keeps him improving and getting better. 
Danny Alvarez? Yeah, Danny, uh, with, with Jesus, the first couple innings were uh, obviously rough uh, for him. But then when he had the, the, the run support, what, what did you see different uh, from Jesus? Maybe an adjustment that, that he made and, or something that, that you like from, from the second inning of, until the end of this performance? Again, first time for me to see him other than TV. Uh, you do get a little sense of like he's amped up early on. I think obviously the runs probably help you relax some and just getting a little time in between and just wearing him down a little bit. Uh, but he does seem amped up when he pitches. Uh, it seems like the more he relaxed, the better his stuff gets. And, you know, that's just time, right, for me with, with a guy like that. That's why I say we get him out there every fifth, sixth day, you know, let him continue to pitch, continue to work, you know, make adjustments in between, keep working, and be able to take that into the win and have some steadiness and consistency in what we do with it. Ethan. Thanks, Jason. Hey, Diane. Good to see you again. How are you feeling? I am so side sitting for four hours. Yeah, <laughs> how on the right end of that, so that was good. How how was it? Like, was it just business as usual today? Was it a little different after the two week break? And what was it like? How how happy were you to be back? No, it felt great to be back. I was lost, honestly. It felt like I was just like rushing around all day. I felt you know, just kind of out of sorts, uh, honestly, uh, out of my routine. Uh, so hopefully it won't take long. And then right. with, and then with Taylor Cruz, like Jordan mentioned, you know, did, did you know coming over, did you hear how good he was defensively because he's flashed brilliance out there so far? Uh, not really. You know, I think the, always the first thing you look at is can he hit, right? And so you're looking at the offensive side of that. Um, and have been really, uh, I'd say, pleasant. I don't know if I should be surprised, but I didn't know know enough about him uh, from the defensive side. Um, but it's been a it's been a nice surprise to see him play out there. He seems so sure of himself. You know, that's what that's one thing I've noticed uh, that he seems so comfortable uh, in what he's doing. Christina had another one. Yeah, Donnie, just, you know, a lot has said over the years, you know, September call-ups, you know, they can be misleading how guys do. But just for a guy like Jackson, even Dela Cruz, to have that additional month, how much can it give you guys a better idea of them and just maybe their comfort level as well as players? Yeah, I think both sides. Everybody gets to take a look for an extended period of time, and he gets to be comfortable, you know, with, with the staff as he catches more guys and is involved with more guys. Uh, so I think it's it's both sides of the coin on that. Everybody gets a better look, and then he gets more time to, to work with our guys. And Jordan, I think we know what your question is going to be. Yeah, hey, Donnie, it wouldn't be your first post-game session back, but I didn't ask the question we've been asking baseball season. Do you have a starter to announce for tomorrow? Uh, we do, Thompson. Yeah, we're going to bump him a little bit the off day. And then, uh, so don't ask me on Sunday. Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins 14-10 win over the Chicago Cubs last night. Game two of this series comes your way at 6-10 tonight. Zach Davies will be on the mound for Chicago to be determined who takes the ball for the Marlins. 6-10 first pitch, 5-40 airtime with the Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins radio network driven by AutoNation.